The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the London Visited Podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi there, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. And in this episode, we go to the Bank of England. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are so many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to patreon.com forward slash London Visited. And now to this week's podcast. The Bank of England is the central bank of the United Kingdom and the model on which most modern central banks have been based. Established in 1694 to act as the English government's banker and still one of the bankers for the government of the United Kingdom, it is the world's eighth oldest bank. It was privately owned by stockholders from its foundation in 1694 until it was nationalised in 1946 by the Attlee Ministry. The bank became an independent public organisation in 1998 wholly owned by the Treasury Solicitor on behalf of the government, with a mandate to support the economic policies of the government of the day, but retaining independence in maintaining price stability. The bank is one of eight banks authorised to issue banknotes in the United Kingdom, has a monopoly on the issue of banknotes in England and Wales, and regulates the issue of banknotes by commercial banks in Scotland and Northern Ireland. The bank's Monetary Policy Committee has developed responsibility for managing monetary policy. The Treasury has reserved powers to give orders to the committee if they are required in the public interest and by extreme economic circumstances, but such orders must be endorsed by Parliament within 28 days. In addition, the Bank's Financial Policy Committee was set up in 2011 as a macroprudential regulator to oversee the UK's financial sector. The Bank's headquarters have been in London's main financial district, the City of London, on Threadneedle Street since 1734, and it's sometimes known as the Old Lady of Threadneedle Street a name taken from a satirical cartoon by James Gilray in 1797. The road outside is known as Bank Junction. As a regulator and central bank, the Bank of England has not offered consumer banking services for many years, but it does still manage some public-facing services, such as exchanging superseded banknotes. In 2016, the bank provided personal banking services as privilege for employees. England's crushing defeat by France the dominant naval power in naval engagements culminating in the 1690 Battle of Beachy Head, became the catalyst for England to rebuild itself as a global power. William III's government wanted to build a navy fleet that will rival that of France. However, the ability to construct this fleet was hampered by a lack of available public funds and the low credit of the English government in London. This lack of credit made it impossible for the English government to borrow the £1,200,000 at 8% per annum that it wanted for construction of the fleet. To induce subscription to the loan, 
the subscribers were to be incorporated by the name the governor and the company of the Bank of England. The bank was given exclusive possession of the government's balances and was the only limited liability corporation allowed to issue banknotes. The lenders would give the government cash, bullion, and issue notes against the government bonds, which could be lent again. The £1.2 million was raised in 12 days. Half of this was used to rebuild the navy. As a side effect, the huge industrial effort needed, including establishing ironworks to make nails and advances in agricultural feeding, quadrupled the strength of the navy, starting to transform the economy. This helped the new kingdom of Great Britain. England and Scotland were formally united in 1707 to become powerful. The power of the navy made Britain the dominant world power in the late 18th and early 19th centuries. The establishment of the bank was devised by Charles Montague, 1st Earl of Halifax, in 1694. The plan of 1691, which had been proposed by William Patterson three years before, had not been acted upon. 58 years later, in 1636, financier to the king, Philip Bellamacci, had proposed exactly the same idea in a letter addressed to Sir Francis Windybank. He proposed a loan of £1.2 million to the government. In return, subscribers would be incorporated as the governor and company of the Bank of England, with long-term banking privileges, including the issue of notes. The Royal Charter was granted on the 27th of July, through the passage of the Tonnage Act 1694. Public finances were in such dire condition at the time that the terms of the loan were that it was to be serviced at a rate of 8% per annum, and there was also a service charge of £4,000 per annum for the management of the loan. The first governor was Sir John Holborn, who is depicted on the £50 note issued in 1994. The charter was renewed in 1742, 1764 and 1781. The bank's original home was in Walbrook, a street in the City of London, where, during reconstruction in 1954, archaeologists found the remains of a Roman temple Mathris. Mathris is, rather fittingly, said to have been worshipped as, among others, the god of contracts. The Marathian ruins are perhaps the most famous of all 20th century Roman discoveries in the City of London and can be viewed by the public. The bank moved to its current location in Threadneedle Street in 1734 and thereafter slowly acquired neighbouring land to create the site necessary for erecting the bank's original home at this location, under the direction of its chief architect Sir John Soane, between 1790 and 1827. The credit crisis of 1772 has been described as the first modern banking crisis faced by the Bank of England. The whole of the City of London was in uproar when Alexandra Fordace was declared bankrupt. In August 1773, the Bank of England assisted the EIC with a loan. The strain on the reserves of the Bank of England was not eased until the end of that year. When the idea and reality of the national debt came about in the 18th century, this was also managed by the bank. During the American War of Independence, business for the bank was so good that George Washington remained a shareholder throughout the period. By the charter renewal in 1781, it was also the banker's bank, keeping enough gold to pay its notes on demand until the 26th of February 1797, when war had so diminished gold reserves that, following an invasion scare caused by the Battle of Fishguard days earlier, the government prohibited the bank from paying out in gold by the passing of the Banking Restriction Act 1797. This prohibition lasted until 1821. In 1825 to 1826, the bank was able to avert a liquidity crisis when Nathan Mayer Rothschild succeeded in supplying it with gold. The Bank Charter Act of 1844 tied the issue of banknotes to the gold reserves and gave the bank sole rights with regard to the issue of banknotes in England. Private banks that had previously had that right retained it. 
providing their headquarters were outside London and that they deposited security against the notes that they issued. A few English banks continued to issue their own notes until the last of them was taken over in the 1930s. Scottish and Northern Irish private banks still have that right. The bank acted as lender of last resort for the first time in the panic of 1866. The last private bank in England to issue its own notes was Thomas Fox's Fox, Fowler & Company Bank in Wellington, which rapidly expanded until it merged with Lloyds Bank in 1927. They were legal tender until 1964. There are nine notes left in circulation. One is housed at Tundale House, Wellington. Britain was on the gold standard, meaning that the value of sterling was fixed by the price of gold until 1931, when the Bank of England had to take Britain off the gold standard due to the effects of the Great Depression spreading to Europe. During the governorship of Montague Norman from 1920 to 1944, the bank made deliberate efforts to move away from commercial banking and become a central bank. In 1946, shortly after the end of Norman's tenure, the bank was nationalized by the Labour government. The bank pursued the multiple goals of Keynesian economics after 1945, especially easy money and low interest rates to support aggregate demand. It tried to keep a fixed exchange rate and attempted to deal with inflation and sterling weakness by credit and exchange controls. In 1977, the bank set up a wholly owned subsidiary called the Bank of England Nominees Limited, BOEN, now a defunct private limited company, with two of its £101 shares issued. According to its memorandums of association, its objectives were to act as a nominee or agent or attorney, either solely or jointly with others, for any person or persons, partnership, company, corporation, government, state, organization, sovereign, province, authority, or public body, or any group or association of them. The BOEN was a vehicle for governments and heads of state to invest in UK companies, subject to approval from the Secretary of State, providing they undertake not to influence the affairs of the company. In its later years, the BOEN was no longer exempt from company law disclosure requirements. Although a dormant company, dormancy does not preclude a company from actively operating as a nominee shareholder. BOEN had two shareholders, the Bank of England and the Secretary of the Bank of England. The reserve requirement for banks to hold a minimum fixed portion of their deposits as reserves at the Bank of England was abolished in 1981. On the 6th of May 1997, following the 1997 general election that brought a Labour government to power for the first time since 1979, it was announced by the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Gordon Brown, that the bank would be granted operational independence over monetary policy. Under the terms of the Bank of England Act 1998, which came into force on the 1st of June that same year, the bank's monetary policy committee was to be given sole responsibility for setting interest rates to meet the government's retail prices index, RPI, inflation target of 2.5%. The target has changed to 2% since the consumer price index, CPI, replaced the retail prices index as the treasury's inflation index. If inflation overshoots or undershoots the target by more than 1%, the governor has to write a letter to the Chancellor of the Exchequer explaining why and how he will remedy the situation. The success of inflation targeting in the UK has been attributed to the bank's focus on transparency. The Bank of England has been a leader in producing innovative ways of communicating information to the public, especially through its inflation report, which has been emulated by many other central banks. The handing over the monetary policy to the bank had been a key plank of the Liberal Democrats' economic policy since the 1992 general election. Conservative MP Nicholas Budgin had also proposed this as a private member's bill in 1996, but the bill failed as it had the support of neither the government nor the opposition. A terrorist bombing was attempted outside the Bank of England building in 1913. 
On the 4th of April that year, a bomb was discovered smoking and ready to explode by railings outside the building. The bomb, which had been planted as part of the suffragette bombing and arson campaign, in which the Women's Social and Political Union launched a series of politically motivated bombing and arson attacks nationwide as part of their campaign for women's suffrage. The bomb was defused before it could detonate in what was then one of the busiest public streets in the capital, which likely prevented many civilian casualties. The bomb had been planted the day after the WSPU leader, Emily Pankhurst, was sentenced to three years imprisonment for carrying out a bombing on politician David Lloyd George's home. The remains of the bomb, which was built into a milk churn, are now on display at the City of London Police Museum. Two main functions are tackled by the bank to ensure that it carries out functions efficiently. Stable prices and confidence in the currency are the two main criteria for monetary stability. Stable prices are maintained by seeking to ensure that price increases meet the government's inflation target. The bank aims to meet this target by adjusting the base interest rate, which is decided by the Monetary Policy Committee, and through its communication strategy, such as publishing yield curves. Maintaining financial stability involves protecting against threats to the whole financial system. Threats are detected by the bank's surveillance and market intelligence functions. The threats are then dealt with through financial and other operations, both at home and abroad. In exceptional circumstances, the bank may act as the lender of last resort by extending credit when no other institution will. The bank works together with other institutions to secure both monetary and financial stability, including Her Majesty's Treasury, the government department responsible financial and economic policy, and other central banks and international organizations with the aim of improving the international financial system. The bank acts as the government's banker and maintains the government's consolidated fund account. It also manages the country's foreign exchange and gold reserves. The bank also acts as the banker's bank, especially its capacity as lender of last resort. The bank has a monopoly on the issue of banknotes in England and Wales. Scottish and Northern Irish banks retain the right to issue their own banknotes, but they must be backed one for one with deposits at the bank, accepting a few million pounds representing the value of notes they had in circulation in 1845. The bank decided to sell its banknote printing operations to Deleroux in December 2002, under the advice of Close Brothers Corporate Finance Limited. Since 1998, the Monetary Policy Committee MPC, has had the responsibility for setting the official interest rate. However, with the decision to grant the bank operational independence, responsibility for government debt management was transferred in 1998 to the new Debt Management Office, which also took over the government cash management in 2000. The bank used to be responsible for the regulation and supervision of the banking and insurance industries. This responsibility was transferred to the Financial Services Authority in June 1998. But after the financial crisis in 2008, a new banking legislation transferred the responsibility for regulation and supervision of the banking and insurance industries back to the bank. To help maintain economic stability, the bank attempts to broaden understanding of its role, both through regular speeches and publications by senior bank figures a semi-annual financial stability report, and through a wider education strategy aimed at the general public. It currently maintains a free museum and ran the Target 2.0 competition for A-level students closing in 2017. And we have a video on our YouTube channel on the free museum at the Bank of England, which is well worth a view. So if you head over to our YouTube channel, London Visited, you'll see that on there. The bank is custodian to the official gold reserves of the United Kingdom and around 30 other countries. As of April 2016, the bank held around 400,000 gold bars, which is the equivalent to 5,134 tonnes of gold. 
these gold deposits were estimated in August 2018 to have a current market value of approximately £200 billion. These estimates suggest the vault could hold as much as 3% of gold mined throughout human history. So, I hope you've enjoyed our look at the Bank of England and the role it plays within the UK as well as London. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any places that you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, londonvisited.co.uk or via our social media. It's that easy. Thanks so much for listening. Really hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.